2: Good morning and welcome into Bet the Edge on this Friday, May 28th. Thank you to those of you watching on our brand new NBC Sports Edge YouTube channel. We appreciate you watching and all of you listening. Jay Croucher, head trader at PointsBet. He's going to get into who betters are big on tonight in the NBA, the Stanley Cup playoffs, and liability at the French Open and Indy 500. Speaking of Indy 500, Steve Latar joins us live from the Brickyard to help you with your plays. And don't forget, Edge of the Day, all that and more coming up right here on Bet the Edge, powered by PointsBet.
1: Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. For the world's
3: greatest athletes.
4: This is the showdown we've been waiting for.
3: There is nothing like competing on the world's biggest stage. It's a world record
4: again. Go!
3: And when that stage is Paris, anything can happen.
4: I have never seen anything like this. How about
2: that?
3: An Olympics unlike any other. What a performance! The Paris
1: Olympics.
3: This summer on NBC and streaming on Peacock. Thank you for listening. Wherever, however you found us, we appreciate you tuning in. We appreciate you watching us live on YouTube. Please rate and subscribe to our podcast. Tell your friends about this. We provide actionable information all in a tight 25-minute package every single weekday. Best of luck as you enjoy our content, and, and by all means, spread the word.
2: By now, you probably know the deal. We're on Twitter. You can find us there. I'm at Sarah Perlman. Drew is at whale underscore capper. We're open to suggestions if you want to get into any other lines, futures that maybe we're not hitting on the show, but today we're going to get into quite a lot, tennis, Indy 500, the NBA, some baseball, all coming up. But per usual, as always, we start the show with line movement stuff that we've seen in the marketplace that has caught our eye. And uh, I I go with you here first, Drew, and what you're sort of looking at here uh, on this Friday morning to get into for the weekend.
3: Yeah, I had a little bit of an appetite to play the Knicks today, but pretty obviously looking at the market, the Atlanta Hawks are the hot side. So I'm going to go ahead and pass on on that one. Uh, I took a hard look at this Brooklyn-Boston game as well, and I can't stomach taking the Boston Celtics in their current form. Uh, However, I think there is a decent angle to play the under here. Uh, I got under 227 and a half, which I think you can still find out there in the market. Uh, I think fair price here is about 225, not a huge edge. Um, But realistically, if Boston has any chance, any hope of climbing back into this series, they are going to have to slow this game down. They are going to have to keep this, uh, you know, keep the Nets relatively in check from an offensive standpoint. Uh, I'm not exactly sure how they'll do it. I hope that uh, Brad Stevens has some tricks up his sleeve uh, to really kind of, you know, you know tamp down the uh, nets offensive efficiency which is uh pretty clearly the best in the N- nba but uh under 227 i think is a fair play in this one and uh you know now or never for boston defense
2: yeah i think you're right they're gonna have to try and slow them down so i'm with you on the under we know a lot of money's coming on the over but typically to your point we've talked about it throughout the weeks so we see a lot of more public bettors which i argue like myself like to take over as we like to root for points, and that makes sense. But on your side, I I do like the under 227. I'm going to go with a prop here, and as always, I'm interested to get your take because this is a bet that I do like. It's not my edge of the day. This is in the NBA, and it is going to be in the Atlanta Hawks and Knicks game. And I looked at Trey Young on points bet right now, and his point total is at 25 and a half. So that's right around his season average, but he's been so good in the playoffs. He dropped 32 in the first, 30 in the second, which now makes it five of his last seven with 30-plus points. I know they're going to be all over him, but he's back in front of home fans. I think he's going to go off. We've heard a lot of noise around him. He's shushing the, the crowd. The Knicks fans are all over him. He made he scored 20 points in the first 30 minutes or less uh, in New York. I think he could do it in Atlanta tonight. I'm all over Trey Young. I do like the Hawks, but rather than going into the side because it is a larger spread for this game, I'm kind of liking the prop market here with Young.
3: I dig that. That makes total sense to me. And uh, realistically, if he gets any kind of a favorable whistle tonight, he could fill it up from the free throw line as well. So I I dig that.
2: So everyone knows I use the NBC Sports Edge projection, and he's projected for 26.9. I always like to be on a similar side, and I go against it sometimes. I don't feel as good going into uh, my day. But that being said, 26.9. And also, points bet did open this at 25 and a half. Now it's juice, minus 125. A lot of people and action are coming in on the over for Trey Young tonight. This week, you have a chance to experience the greatest spectacle in racing. It is the Indianapolis 500 on NBC. 33 of the world's best drivers will battle head to head for a chance to kiss the bricks and claim their place in history. Experience the drama, pageantry, and tradition Sunday at 11 a.m. Eastern. Only on NBC. And how lucky are we to break down the Indy 500 with Steve Latart. He's going to join us now live from the Big Prick Yard. He's in a media room. I see that, Steve. How we doing?
4: Uh, doing great. Yeah, I found my little soundproof booth here in the back of the media room. Uh, it's Carb Day, which for those that are new to the Indy 500, is basically the last on-track activity before the 105th running of the greatest spectacle in motorsports on Sunday afternoon. Uh, it's going to be great. Uh, I'm excited. I'll be honest. I've seen a lot of Indy 500s. This will be my first in person. So I'm super Jones to just see <laughs> biggest post-pandemic crowd, guys, 135,000 fans.
3: Wow. Yeah. Wow. Very cool. Um, now, I'm, I'm a huge racing fan, uh, and I like IndyCar. I mean, I, I, uh, I've been to the Long Beach Grand Prix every year, uh, and I know these racers relatively well. But when I look at this current odds board, there are some very unfamiliar names at the top. And it, I, you know, to me, at least the Indy 500, the kind of the magnitude of the event, I kind of want to look at, uh, you know, sort of the guys that have have done it a couple of times as opposed to these new names. Are you getting a feel that we're have sort of a sea change in terms of who is kind of the top of the, uh, you know, the top of the pile here in Indy?
4: So funny. The big question, Mark, is. As you mentioned, this has been the year of the young driver. But will that youth and that aggression pay off in a 500-mile race? What makes Indianapolis so special is the difficulty of the racetrack. So Scott Dixon, the favorite heading into the week, is continued to be the favorite at plus 380. He sat on the pole. He will start first. Track position will be important. So I think that is an accurate odds line, plus 380, not a lot of value on your money. Colton Hurd another youngster on the front row, plus 725. I don't love it. My sleeper is actually Rena's VK. Uh, he won the Grand Prix, which is the road course race here at in Indy, a couple weeks ago. We've seen that momentum carry into the oval, uh, and at plus sixteen hundred, I think he had, that's great odds for your money. He'll start outside row one, so he's probably the guy when you look at the youngsters that I would bet on, and when you look at veterans. I know this is maybe this is an emotional pick for me, but Tony Kanon, he's driving the number forty-eight, splitting the car with Jimmy Johnson, the big NASCAR champ. He's plus eighteen hundred. He told me last week this is the best. Indianapolis 500 entry he sat in in nearly a decade. That's enough for me. The man says he thinks it's going to drive great. I love the value. So I'm looking at Rina's VK for the youngster and Tony Kanon for the veteran.
2: Yeah, Tony Kanon 18 to 1. Another veteran is going to be Will Power 25 to 1. I know he's caught some attention, certainly some some value. Aside from Kanon. let's use a guy like Power and the rest of uh, the guys there. Where does it make the most sense to play veterans? Is it in a top market? Is it to win? What, what, what stands out to you in that regard?
4: So when I look at the veterans, actually, I think i get pretty good value for a top 10 bet. So when you look at Takuma Sato, he's a two-time Indy 500 champ, 44 years old. Uh, the Japanese driver has found a way. We talk about horses for courses. So there's something about Indianapolis that fits his style. It's amazing. He's always in the picture. Really shockingly, he's only won twice. I think his top 10 bet. It's 2200 to win, plus 2200 to win, but I can get plus 105 for top 10. You want to talk about better than even money? That's a spectacular bet. I think he's in. And then the sleeper for a top 10, Scott McLaughlin. Not many people are going to know his name. He's driving for Team Penske, which is great equipment. But he is a V8 supercar champ. He ran second at Texas, one of the other ovals we've seen this year. He is plus 155, plus 155 to finish in basically the top one third of the field. I think Scott McLaughlin top ten is the absolute hammer bet when it comes to the Indianapolis 500. That's where you're going to get the best value. That's going to be a two, three, four unit bet. I think that's going to make the day.
3: (laughs) I like it. Um, Anything we could pick up from qualifying last week? Do you think that uh, kind of the better the market is making a little too much of uh, of Scott Dixon getting the pole position here? And you know, I mean, this is a long race. Like there are not a lot of examples of wire to wire. uh, And uh, just at first glance, that price seems a little short for for Dixon.
4: It is short for Dixon. I don't like Dixon at plus 380. I need to see plus 500. I mean, he's going against 32 of the other best race car drivers in the world. We know how challenged it's going to be. The one thing I will say that qualifying did is you're going to get some great odds uh, for the team Penske car that starts in the back Will Power. No offense. I can't take him. He starts in row 11. No one's ever found their way to the front from the low 11. I just can't see it either. But plus 2,500 guys, it just doesn't make any sense. I just love Kanan, I'm telling you. He's driving a chippy nasty car. He's inside the top five. I like him. You'd mentioned, you know, the Dixon odds. Well, I think people are sleeping a little on Canon. I think this line's going to move. So if you want the Canon money, I think you need to get it soon. Cause by Saturday, I think it's going to start dropping.
2: Right. For 18 to one, totally worth a flyer. I told you, Steve, I'm going to get into Indy 500 betting and you've convinced me in these few minutes. Now, before we let you go, I know you've talked a little bit about top tens for the Indy 500 any other obscure, intriguing bets that you'd like to share, preferably for me, so I can get in some more action on Monday.
4: <laughs> so listen, Memorial Day is not just a special holiday for everyone to hang out, but if you're a race fan, it's the day of all days. The Indi- in Indianapolis 500 starts the day, but then we're going to finish with the Coca-Cola 600, the NASCAR race in Charlotte. Uh, Kyle Larson's the favorite at plus 560. Uh, not bad, but I'm the sleeper pick is, and it's obscure, best Chevrolet. You could take William Byron or Alex Bowman, both at plus 650. And the reason I say best Chevrolet, they're only going to have to outrun Larson, maybe Chase Elliott. Those are good odds for really only having to outrun one or two other guys. I think it's kind of an a obscure bet, but that's where I think you have to find your odds. These odds makers are starting to figure out this NASCAR world. you got to get a little creative to find the good money. And I like the best Chevrolet pick when it comes to the Coca-Cola 600.
3: That's a super fun market to play.
4: I'm going to track that down.
2: Yeah, I am too. Steve, thanks so much. Enjoy the weekend. We look forward to seeing your coverage and we appreciate it as always.
4: All right. Well, I appreciate you having me on Indianapolis 500. It's going to be great and uh, go Nets because I'm against the Celtics all the way under on the Celtics. All those people that says you can't bet the under, they don't win enough. The under's <laughs> where it's at.
2: I love it. He's not only giving us out great Indy 500 and NASCAR picks, he's also agreeing with Drew's side. So, Drew, maybe you paid him before you came on the show. <laughs> uh, you can be sure to follow Steve on Twitter at Steve Latart. Check out his podcast. I've been on it. It's an awesome show. Latart on location. You can catch him on NASCAR American Motor Mouse on Peacock Monday and Wednesdays. And he said the sports books are starting to figure out. Where betters are putting their money and where there's less value now in both Indy 500 and NASCAR. So now, let's bring in the one and only Jay Croucher, head trader at Points Bet Sportsbook. And Jay, we talk a lot about the Indianapolis 500 with Steve, and I really am excited to bet it. But when it comes to action that you guys have seen, first and foremost, has this been the most action points bet has seen on Indy 500 and also where the liability kind of is now?
5: Definitely. There's a lot more action already this year than there was last year. Uh, so it'll be a really big event for us in terms of where the action is coming. Uh, it's mostly on Scott Dixon, the favorite, the New Zealander, which judging by what Steve is saying is good news for points bet. Uh, <laughs> the, uh, the I think that uh, a lot of people are getting into betting on motorsports and And in doing that, they're just seeing the favorite. They're seeing plus three eighty, which is you know not the shortest odds in the world, and it's just a way to get interested in it. So that's where our liability is at the moment.
3: That's fascinating. Let's talk a little NBA though. NBA playoffs are hot right now. They uh, the the entertainment factor has been extremely high uh, outside of that uh, Heat game yesterday, which was a disaster. But we'll we'll look past that. Um, The most competitive series, I think everyone would agree, has been the Hawks and the Knicks and this Hawks and Knicks series price has been bouncing around I was surprised it didn't uh, you know come a little bit more favorable for the Knicks after they win game two it felt like there was a little bit of a momentum swing in that second half with a couple of the adjustments that Tibbs made Um, you know did you guys in the trading room agree with the uh, you know with that sentiment or do you think the Hawks are still the clear choice here I think
5: the Hawks are still the clear choice. I think that so much of New York, what's powering them is that Madison Square Garden advantage where that crowd is, uh, is insane. And where, you know, during the pandemic, uh, home court has been worth, you know, one to one and a half points. That MSG crowd is worth three and a half points, uh, and you could feel it <laughs> throughout Game One and Game Two. It's really substantial, uh, especially with the whistle that Trey Young wasn't getting in Game One. Yeah. Going back to Atlanta, you take that away, and that's why the Hawks are now they're up to five point favorites uh, to beat the Knicks tonight.
3: I dig it. Uh, you guys have a nice name a bet function. Can I get a uh, Can I get a price on Hawks? win in seven parlayed with uh Trey Young gives the choke sign to uh, Spike Lee (laughs) as he walks off the court no I think I you know realistically though I I, this is going seven in my opinion I I really don't see uh you know any other series that looks this likely to go the distance um any thoughts on uh Clippers Mavericks Uh, do you do you see any any chance that the Clippers can claw their way back into this series
5: I think some chance, just because even though they're down 2-0, they're still two-and-a-half-point favourites uh, on the road. So that implies that they're going to be favoured in every single game that they play in this series. So that gives some hope. Uh, Betters certainly believe in the Clippers. Uh, over 90% of our spread handle tonight is on the Clippers. I think, yeah, some people are really glutton for punishment. Uh, last year was the same thing where the Clippers were just being bet every game without blowing that Denver series. Same thing here. So there is still some some confidence that they'll turn it around. I know a lot of the advanced numbers love the Clippers, but I'm not sure that you can put in a model uh, the fact that this team might just be cursed. (laughs) Well, I
2: don't know who is going to be more upset to hear that than Drew Dinsick over there who loves the Clippers tonight and our producer, Adam Wise. But to your point, I I like them as well. There are those teams, it seems like, People like myself love to blindly follow rather than just face the reality. So that could be the Los Angeles Clippers for a lot of people. Let's talk about serious prices, both for the Clippers and the Mavericks, and of course the Knicks and the Hawks. As I look now across the board, the Clippers are now plus 220. Mavericks minus 286 and to my point as I as I just mentioned that seems like a really good price if you're still a believer in the Clippers that I know a lot are one are you hesitant to move that Clippers line any further out knowing people are just going to blindly back them and also what movement have you seen for the New York Knicks and Atlanta Hawks series prices.
5: So with the Clippers, the reason that number is, I mean, it is relatively low for a team that's down 0-2 and has lost home court, but it's just the fact that they're going to be favoured and they're two-and-a-half-point favourites tonight. And when you're going to be favoured in every game, that just reduces the price there's not too many people rushing to back the Mavs at that short of a price when, you know, there is the thought that they are still the, the lesser team. They just have the advantage in the series. And then with the Knicks and the Hawks, uh, the Hawks moved into very firm favorites after winning game one. Uh, they're now back out a little bit to that minus 150 range. Uh, and again, the thought is there that it's just home court, and now they have it, and that gives them the advantage. And the thought is as well that they're the slightly better team in the series, and now having home court, that's why they're minus 150.
3: It's going to be super, super fun to
1: see that play out. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Races you did it. You stumped this charming devil. For the world's greatest athletes. This is the showdown we've been waiting for.
3: There is nothing like competing on the world's biggest stage. Set world record
4: again. God, for the United States. Unbelievable.
3: And when that stage is Paris, anything can happen.
2: I have never
3: seen anything like this. How about that? An Olympics unlike any
1: other. What? Olympics this summer on NBC and streaming on Peacock. The Premier League is built on hope—the hope of discovering a new star. It doesn't take long for Darwin Nunez to make an impression. The hope of rewriting history. Of continuing a dynasty. Unstoppable week after week. This is the Premier League on NBC, USA, and Peacock.
3: Uh, speaking of fun, though, we have a game seven in the NHL. And these tend to be must-see TV uh, and you know, must-bet events. Uh, I'm surprised that the Vegas Golden Knights are out to minus 180. I thought fair was going to be in the minus 160 range here. Are you seeing lopsided action here that's, that's driving this number? Or do you think uh, the Knights really are pretty clearly the correct side? It's pretty split uh,
5: at the moment in terms of activity. Uh, slightly lean to the wild. Game six, all the handle was on Vegas because you're getting a bit of a nicer price with them being on the road. But but betters have turned on them a little bit. Uh, we'll certainly be be barracking, uh for Vegas. Uh, In this game, because there is a slight balance of handle on the Wild, but then also uh, because the Avalanche are by far our biggest liability for the Stanley Cup. And as promising as the Wild have been, we'd probably like Vegas fighting for us in the next round uh, over Minnesota.
2: Vegas, don't forget, did blow that 3-1 to lead against the Sharks. They lost Game 7 back in 2019. I will be excited to see this game play out. I myself want to have a bet because I have faded the Minnesota Wild for too long, and I hate myself for it, so it's a stay away from me, Jay. Before I let Drew kind of follow up here, I do want to ask you about the French Open, just for the men's odds, because Drew handicaps tennis. He's been all over it all week talking about the draw, and specifically Nadal, and fading him, and he's minus 121, a big favorite here that being said what is the liability like at points that right now as you look at the french open odds
5: i know drew likes uh sits pass and so do our bettors uh they must be listening to him because <laughs> is almost he's almost 50 percent of our bet count at the moment Whoa. um particularly after the draw where he's in the favorable side of the draw he's now down to plus 550 so the public is with you drew and uh they'll be cheering
3: you on wow man <laughs> uh you you're, you're not inclined to move that in adult price though huh minus 121 that implies he's got about a 55% chance uh, he's in quarter 2 where he's going to have to go up mm-hmm. and he's going to have to he's going to have to do it all himself realistically and, and granted like it you're you're not gonna be a long-term winner going against Rafa Nadal on clay over and over and over again he's just gonna break your heart every single time i get this but uh he's gonna have to do it all himself he's gonna have to beat center he's gonna have to be rublev he's gonna have to be Djokovic, and then sisipas likely in the final if you just money line parlay those four prices i'm guessing you're gonna do a heck of a lot better than minus 120 uh any inclination to move that number for nadal in or are you you guys happy writing minus 120s
5: we're still taking money on Nadal uh, moment, <laughs> I agree that it might be it might be a savier play just to bet him match by match. But Nadal at the French is kind of like Brady Belichick to win the AL uh the AFC East back in the day. So okay. I think it's just one of those things where um, people just love to back Nadal. Already taking some some Nadal to win the French into Dodgers to win the World Series money. Uh that's oh just, wow. Yeah, yeah. That's that's the favorite public
3: play. Uh Nadal to win the French. Uh yeah. any any similar s- um, similar market conditions on the women's side where at least, I, I mean, I, honestly, if you told me you can only have one of Iga Sviantec or Nadal to win, you know, to win their respective titles, I'd probably take Iga. Um, you know, she's playing at a level we haven't seen on clay since you going back to say Steffi Graf in the eighties. Uh, you know, some of her numbers are just out of this world good. Um, and obviously she's coming off of winning last fall without dropping a set and, you know, just, complete domination of the field um i i guess 270 doesn't feel like a you know an especially good bet just because you could have had five to one you know a couple weeks ago um but uh you know is this similar kind of market conditions where she's kind of been the hot side
5: that's right yeah Shviantek's the most heavily bet uh player on the women's side by far i think that you know people see her as the up-and-coming you know next nadal on clay type uh, we've also taken some money on Osaka, plus 1,400, mm-hmm. just a big name there. But Sviantek is definitely the biggest liability and, and the biggest, uh, the most heavily bet player on that side.
2: Jay, before we let you go out of curiosity, because last week I had you talking about the French Open and specifically handicapping tennis, and I asked him if it was easier to handicap women's tennis strictly because I thought there'd be less sharp action, you could argue on it. Maybe they would target the men's side more. From your guys' standpoint at PointsBet, is there equal action on both the women's and men's sides, med sides now, and uh, if a public better wants to get in, where often would they find more value, men or women?
5: I think it's pretty evenly balanced now. We still take more action on the men's side, but that's definitely dropping, and it's becoming more and more balanced over time. I think tennis is, in terms of pricing it uh, across both the men's and the women's game, I think it's pretty even. I don't think there's there's too much you know disproportionate value on one side uh, or the other. I think that the French Open is is fun in a way. It's more interesting to handicap because you know the big servers. There's less of a huge uh, pricing input on that. Uh, so, yeah, definitely. We're seeing tennis activity increase more and more. Uh, and the women are, are definitely catching up in terms of balance of handle.
2: Jay, I would say have a great weekend, but I know you will, because last night, 92 percent of the money line, 94 percent of the money line handle was on the Toronto Maple Leafs. And of course, they lost
3: to Whoa. The you guys are
2: having an awesome weekend at points. Back.
5: Thanks, Drew. Thanks, Sarah.
2: We appreciate it. Yeah, how about that? You can be sure to follow Jay on Twitter at CroucherJD. He'll be on the show every Friday with us. He didn't want to smile too big, right? They want people to bet there, but wow, did they have a good night after 92% of the money was on the Maple Leafs. We always end the show here on Bet the Edge with Edge of the Day. This is our favorite play for either tonight or the weekend. So, Drew, the floor is yours.
3: Edge of the Day. You touched on it earlier. I took the Clippers minus two and a half. Uh, This is still... Uh, You know, if I go back to my pricing from the regular season, my pricing from the preseason, I cannot get to a fair at minus two and a half here for the Clippers. I just have them as a substantially better team, considering who's going to be on the floor. You add to this the fact that the Mavericks have gotten here with outrageously um, plus, you know, plus expected shooting. uh, And all we need is a little bit of what we've seen from all of the other teams in the NBA, which is uh, a little bit of a struggle filling it up from three at home. And I think this could be a Clippers blowout potential. Um, I am not quitting on the Clippers yet, although this game does feel like it decides the series. I mean, if the Clippers lose, they probably get swept. If the Clippers win, I can see them fighting their way back in four, two, four, three. Um, But realistically, uh, you know, it's, it's now or never for the Clippers. And I'm going to count on what has been a very actionable angle to this point in the NBA playoffs, which is a little bit of regression to the mean from a shooting standpoint.
2: Okay, you're laying the two and a half with the Clippers. And as we know, as Jay Croucher pointed out, a lot of people like the Clips, so I'm rooting for you here. I will tell you on that. I, I think they have to win this game or else it's, it's a wrap for them. Okay, I'm going to go to baseball. I'm going with the prop because my edge of the day yesterday, funky things happened in that Angels and A's game. I didn't shut down BART or the buses. Weird things happen for that one. So now I'm going uh, to a different game and I'm going to the New York Yankees and they're playing the Tigers and I'm looking at Garrett Cole and his strikeout prop and it's sitting at even money or minus 115 now, rather. Nine and a half strikeouts. And I think people are afraid of this because he's only thrown seven Ks in both of his last starts. But prior to that let's look back he was ridiculous he struck out 12 over eight innings against the Tampa Bay Rays who strike out the most in baseball you know who strikes out the second most in baseball that's right (laughs) the Detroit Tigers almost 11 times per game as of lately I don't need to talk about the Detroit Tigers as a team I could just tell you I love this play for tonight Garrett Cole is one of the best pitchers in the league I think we can all make an argument for that and the one thing he does is strike out guys when he faced the Detroit Tigers in April he struck out 12 i think it's going to be another performance like that i love garrett cole tonight getting over nine and a half k's people can be afraid of his last two outings this is going to be one of my favorite plays of the day hence why that's my edge of the day drew
3: well you had the magic touch with glass now k's over uh that's last, last time out so I'm all, all on board with this one. Let's get a historic performance out of Garrett Cole tonight.
2: I love okay. it. Okay, let, uh, let me hear because I know you had a few plays up your sleeve and you make your own numbers and you're ready for the weekend. So before sure. we sign off for the next two days, we will be back here on Memorial Day. What, uh, what stands out?
3: As a bonus, you've hung in yeah. with us all week. It's Friday, yeah. you know, and, you know, the NBA playoffs don't stop just because the week is over, guys. Uh, there is one – number on the board that is absolutely outrageous for tomorrow and it is the utah jazz minus five against the memphis grizzlies this is the biggest edge I've had so far in these playoffs. Wow. Uh, I don't think that this is even remotely fairly priced, especially considering how well Donovan Mitchell has played immediately back into the fold here. Uh, you you drop you drop Jingles back into this uh, kind of bench role. Uh, the you know the shooting has kind of reawoken after a after a, a pretty lackluster Game One. Uh, I think the Utah Jazz can get a comfortable win with margin here on the road. The Memphis Grizzlies they got their win in Game One. Young team, good job. For, good job by them. You know, you, you did, you did your job here. Uh, I think the jazz pretty clearly close out this series four one at this point. And I think they do it in style in game three. So I laid the five tomorrow. Uh, enjoy that one this weekend. That
2: is a nice bonus for all of our listeners with us all week. And waiting to the end of the show, it's your favorite biggest edge of the week in all NBA playoffs. So I love it. All right, Drew, awesome stuff. Guys, thanks for listening and watching us here all week right here on Bet the Edge, of course, powered by PointsBet. When you're done here, head on over to NBCSportsEdge.com. You'll have all the information you'll need to know after you're done right now just to continue helping you Uh, with your wages for tonight and throughout the weekend. We will be back here on Monday for Memorial Day at 11 a.m. Eastern, live on our YouTube channel. Thanks for watching us here on this new YouTube channel for NBC Sports Edge. Again, please don't forget to subscribe and rate the podcast. Have an amazing long weekend, and we will see you then.